You're listening to Food for the Future on 980 CFPL, Curious Cast, and where you get your podcasts. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, host of Food for the Future, a weekly podcast that brings the humanities to today's food dialogue by showcasing everyday people trying to make a difference. This show is part of the series Food for Thought, featuring stories from big thinkers who spend their lives envisioning a flourishing food system in their local communities and for our entire human family. Today, we'll be speaking about food systems literacy in public education with Alicia Martin, PhD candidate at the University of Guelph. Welcome, Alicia. Thanks, Peggy. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you here, Alicia. I'm I'm a real fan of your work, but let's start out with the basics. In simple terms, what is food systems literacy? Um, so in simple terms, um, food systems literacy, I would generally define it as uh, our knowledge of food systems, uh, as well as our skills to participate in them and uh, and navigate them. Okay, so very simply that we have the knowledge and ability to understand our food environment and the choices that we have in it and the ways that we can contribute to building it. What types of content might be included in public curricula for food systems literacy? So um, currently, uh, the focus on food in the public curricula, in Ontario at least, is on nutrition um, and sort of a health outcomes lens. And that is often talked about uh, as food literacy. Um, so food systems literacy, uh, I've argued in my work, is a part of food literacy. In terms of uh, what types of content could be included in public curricula if uh, that was to be ex- expanded um, to include food systems, could inco- incorporate more um, hands-on food skills. That's something that's really missing in the curriculum. Um, and that's something that uh, can be in kitchens or in gardens. Um, and more for the food systems aspect as well. This could include content like covering issues like food security uh, and climate change and how food systems have an impact on the climate and environment. Um, some of that could be related to social studies uh, or science or geography. Um, we could also look at things like soil health in the sciences um, and there's even examples where teachers have talked about uh, and even uh, gone out into gardens with students in math classes, for example, to show some practical uh, applications of math when setting up in a, a garden. Um, so there's many, many possibilities of how food and food systems literacy could be included in public curricula. Uh, and there's a long way to go with that, I think. Right. And certainly health and nutrition is really important. And to expand beyond that, as you said, you gave really great examples of really understanding our food environment and the food systems and our role in them and uh, spanning all curriculum, all subjects. You had mentioned math, science, social studies. It really is something because food is so central to life and life systems. Uh, it really is something that could fit into many, many dimensions. And I know in Ontario, of course, now it's back to school. And this will be our second year with the Ontario curriculum changes in science, technology, engineering, and math that include food systems literacy for grades one to um, eight and in the grade nine science curriculum. So certainly listeners from across Canada can look into their provinces and see what's happening in the education policies for food systems literacy and just food in schools as overall. Yeah, so thanks for pointing that out, Peggy. Those changes are really exciting and sort of a step forward for how 
food and food systems can be incorporated into the curriculum uh, and how food literacy can be incorporated in a bit of a broader way that uh, is not just focused on nutrition, which, as you said, is absolutely essential and absolutely important. And yes, we also need to be including those food skills components uh, to arm our youth with how to prepare meals and and to make uh, food choices and, and, and navigate our complex food systems and environments. Those changes in the science and tech curriculum are really exciting, and we want to keep seeing those changes going forward across um, other curriculum documents as well. Right, and looking forward to lots more to come federally with school food, which is the provision of school food um, to students, so meals and snacks, but also increased um, integration of literacy policy for the things that we're talking about in this show. So thanks very much for those clarifications, Alicia. And what role would farmers and agri-food experts play in the development of the curriculum, ideally? I think that there's sort of two... Uh, two ways to look at it. So yes, there's the development, there, but there's also the implementation of, of food-related curricula. So on the development side, um, I think uh, farmers and agri-food experts um, could continue to. I'm sure this advocacy is already happening, um, and I know that some of it is happening through uh, some of the advocacy work that I've been involved with, but um, advocating for the development uh, and inclusion of food systems literacy in the curricula, so across all curriculum documents, uh, is absolutely essential. Learning about food and food systems is incredibly complex, so the more that we can advocate for that and for those changes to happen, um, for that to be uh, integrated across the curriculum so that students can learn about it in things like math and science and you know languages and arts even, um, is a really good way for this to sort of solidify knowledge uh, across the curricula, but also across ages. So it's often recommended that that can take place, you know, from kindergarten all the way through to grade 12. So those types of changes are needed. Um, and the more advocacy that can take place would be uh, very much welcomed. And in terms of implementation of that uh, curricula, um, Farmers already do a lot of this, but offering farm visits and tours is is such a wonderful opportunity for students to be able to get out uh, into the field and uh, experience and see, you know, how our food uh, is grown, you know, where maybe that goes later too. So uh, maybe seeing some food processing facilities and things like that to get an idea of you know, where food is coming from. And other agri-food experts can definitely help provide expertise um, and resources for teachers because this is such an overwhelming topic, I think, for teachers. It's a lot to swallow and a lot to try and convey to students. So the more that we can do to help with um, the implementation side of that curriculum as well is, is absolutely essential. I couldn't agree more. And essentially at its core, I'm oversimplifying that the purpose of public education is citizenship and employment. So on that citizenship side, really understanding our communities, our environments, but also being in a position um, to support public policy that is important to them as they work through their lives and also employment, certainly understanding the wide range of roles and, and the inc- almost boundless opportunities in technology management, 
uh, innovation, you know, product development. There's just so much in agri-food. And so this food systems literacy education in public education, that will definitely help bring students awareness, but also the opportunities as they prepare themselves for those. So what exchange programs there may be, what placements, um, their 40 hours of volunteer so they could get to see what a workplace might be like. Sky is really the limit to learn more about the food systems in our areas and in our regions and the kinds of things that uh, each student may want to contribute to it in the future. So tell us about your research, Alicia. You're clearly well-informed and you clearly have a, a perspective on the subject of food systems literacy in public education. What are you working on? So, um, yeah, as we were just talking about food systems literacy is is really broad. Um, so uh, one of the main projects that I'm working on for my PhD uh, thesis or dissertation is uh, the de- is de- the process of developing a, f- uh, a framework for food systems literacy competencies, as well as helping to define this term. Um, and I'm doing that with experts across Canada. It's through um, a Delphi study, which is essentially uh, me communicating with um, a large group of experts and getting feedback through multiple uh, rounds of surveys to um, sort of come to some level of consensus or agreement on what are the most important things that need to be included in a framework uh, of of competencies or sort of those key things that we need to understand for food systems literacy and how should it be defined. Um, So that is really going to help with moving this idea of food systems literacy forward and helping with uh, ideally informing curricula development and things like that. Um, And a couple of other projects that I'm working on are um, one is also uh, examining the curricula uh, in Canada. So looking to see how food literacy uh, is broadly taught uh, or included in curriculum documents, what that includes. It's often sort of that nutrition angle. um, And I'm looking for gaps in terms of food systems literacy to sort of make recommendations of how we can make some changes going forward. And then my final project is a a case study that's taking place in Quebec. Um, So I've mostly been talking with uh, nonprofits that uh, that cover food literacy education or food systems literacy education in schools and kind of outlining a bit of a recipe for success and 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 highlighting some of those barriers as well to make some policy recommendations about how we can better support this type of uh, programming and food literacy education in schools. As you were talking, I couldn't help but thinking, Alicia, that to some extent the research you're doing is history in the making because we're all looking forward to federal and provincial and and territorial policy changes in school food and and food system literacy, that it'll be a moment of time around the 2023-24, whenever you're ready to defend your work, that, oh, look back, remember when this was so new. So that brings me to my next question, which is doing a doctoral degree is such a significant commitment. Why did you decide to do this? Um, That's a great question, uh, Peggy. Um, So I was uh, actually working for the federal government um, for the Public Health Agency of Canada and Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada before I started my PhD, one and the other. And I was sort of touching on some food literacy files here and there and was really noticing that there was still this significant gap in terms of uh, that food systems component and what does that mean and 
you know, why do we need to know about this food systems component? So I was really seeing a lot of gaps and it really uh, motivated me to come back and, and do some of this work. So what I wanted to do was um, come back to school to hopefully fill some of that gap by helping to inform, okay, what does the food systems component of food literacy mean? Um, and how can we uh, include that so that when these uh, really great frameworks are being put forward, that that food systems component is not forgotten about and can also be looked at for things like curriculum. Um, so, yeah, so that was sort of the drive for me coming back to do this. Real motivation. You saw a problem and you wanted to uh, rise to the challenge and do something about it. I, I really admire that, Alicia. Can you tell us what some of the highlights are? in your work uh, of looking into mandatory food literacy education in public schools? I think there's been a lot of rewarding moments. There's been this working group that uh, has been advocating for this Food Literacy for Students Act, uh, Bill 216, which unfortunately didn't go through um, when government was prorogued, I think, in September of 2021. But that had informed changes in the science and technology curriculum for grades one to eight in Ontario. So being a part of that group and helping to uh, provide some policy recommendations and celebrate some of these successes and really, um, you know, celebrate the milestones of being able to communicate with some key government stakeholders about informing some of these changes has been incredibly rewarding. And on the research side, just being able to actually talk with people that are doing this work in schools is really important and has been uh, rewarding for me to be able to do something to help them with their work. Significant contributions for sure. Thank you so much, Alicia. After the break, we'll hear more from Alicia Martin from the University of Guelph about hope for the future through food and food systems literacy education in public schools. This is Food for the Future, and I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill. Welcome back to Food for the Future on 980 CFPL, Curious Cast, and where you get your podcasts. I'm Peggy O'Neill, host of Food for the Future, the weekly podcast. We're speaking about food systems literacy in public education with Alicia Martin, PhD candidate at the University of Guelph. Alicia, food systems education in public education is so future focused. What can we look forward to when these implementations happen? Um, so I think, I mean, you're talking about future focused. I mean, education itself is so future focused, right? Like the whole point of education is to inform and empower the youth of today to be, you know, uh, informed citizens and leaders of tomorrow. So I think from that future focused lens, um, educated youth that are coming out uh, with these this food literacy and sort of improved knowledge about food and food systems are then going to be armed to be informed decision makers about food systems for a more sustainable future. I, I really understand what you're saying. And I'm thinking of a, show, a guest I had on an earlier show, Brian Gilvesi from Alice, which is previously Alternative Land Use Services. And he was mentioning, you know, when we provide this kind of education in schools, we will then be able to find our next, next Gretzky of the food system, <laughs> right? And we've got to foster yeah. that love of the sport, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> and so I can't agree more with what you just said. And this show is part of the Food for Thought series. What is some of the most important things we should be thinking about in food systems literacy for our students? 
So in terms of uh, some food for thought and some of the important things that we need to be thinking about for food systems literacy, I think one of the biggest ones is sustainability. I was just mentioning that with my my response to your last question, Peggy. But if we look at the summer that we've had, there's been a lot of flooding and a lot of drought in different parts of the country. Um, and that's scary because that has a lot of implications on uh, our ability to pr- produce food, on our agricultural yields. And this is not just happening in Canada, it's happening globally. If we, if we uh, look at the news, we can see that there's been some uh, flooding going on in Greece as well, and that this is affecting, you know, crop yields in other parts of the world. Um, and, and also in places in Africa too, you know, where droughts can be very extreme. Um, so climate change is a huge issue in terms of our ability to produce food. On the other hand, in food systems, we're actually producing a lot of greenhouse gas emissions. So about a third of greenhouse gas emissions globally come from food systems. Um, so that's a very significant uh, contribution to those overall emissions and uh, a contributor to climate change and, and worsening a lot of these effects. So, you know, if we think about the fact that food systems are impacting the climate and the climate is impacting our food production. We really need to think about sustainability going forward and how we can be more environmentally sustainable. Sustainability also includes, you know, social and uh, and, uh, economic considerations too. So those are things that we really need to be thinking about going forward as well, making sure that livelihoods for food and farm workers are you know, and economically and socially viable going forward as well. One of the most important things, definitely sustainability. We really need to be thinking about sustainability and how to keep improving people's knowledge about the sustainability of food systems. Lots of problems to solve and lots of new ways of thinking and uh, big ideas coming, which brings me to my next question, which is this is a humanities oriented show. So that includes big ideas, formerly called philosophy. So what big ideas for the future are assumed in ensuring every student understands our food systems? I think one of the biggest things is actually just making sure that we are actually working towards empowering the youth of tomorrow. Right now, we know that food systems literacy education is not adequately included in curriculum. So we're not currently arming the the youth uh, of today to be empowered for the decisions that they're going to have to make in terms of transforming food systems. Uh, We need to be doing a lot of those things today as well. A lot of those changes are absolutely necessary, but I think sort of the biggest idea um, from our talk today that I would want to echo is just that we really need to uh, take steps to uh, empower the youth of tomorrow. And, and a lot of that can actually be through just better incorporating uh, food systems, uh, literacy and food, food related education, broadly speaking, in our curricula and in our public education systems. And so real a pressing issue. And something we need to pay attention to and aware of as things come up in public policy or in conversations or even school food programming, there's things happening now and volunteers are needed and uh, school councils are talking about things. So empowering the youth, getting involved. Thank you so much, Alicia. Do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share? Just coming back to sort of what I was just saying, I think that, you know, governments and policymakers are currently showing an interest in moving these issues forward. And now is the time to advocate for Uh, ideally mandatory food literacy or solid incorporation of food and food systems literacy across uh, all curriculum documents. 
um, in Ontario and beyond. So, you know, the more we can uh, advocate to uh, governments and policymakers of today to make these changes for the youth of today for, you know, a more sustainable future, uh, the better. So anyone that has some capacity to get involved, uh, I would really, you know, encourage you to do so. It's a great time to do it. Right. A real call to action and definitely, definitely a hopeful dialogue around our youth and all that lays ahead with their ideas and uh, competence. Thank you, Alicia, for your research and for all that you do really to ensure that every student understands our food systems and all of the life chances for them that comes out of that. It was wonderful to have you on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Peggy. It was a great chat. Sincere pleasure. Today on Food for the Future, we've been speaking about big ideas and food systems literacy in public schools with Alicia Martin, PhD candidate at the University of Guelph. Each week to continue to envision our future in agri-food together, we leave you and your family or friends with something to talk about and something to do. Something to talk about? What would you like to know about our agri-food system? Something to do? Read Alicia's article in the Toronto Star entitled, The Time Has Come for Teaching Food Literacy in Schools, and her other article in The Conversation Canada called, School Gardens and Kitchens Could Grow with Ontario's Food Literacy Act, to see how one scholar uses local ideas for global encouragement. Next week on the show, we return to the series Waste Not. We'll be discussing revitalizing communities with zero waste programs. Don't miss a show. Subscribe on Curious Cast and other major podcast platforms. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, and you've been listening to the weekly show, Food for the Future. Thank you to our Platinum Elite Level sponsor, Burn Bray Farms, Eggs for Life. Food for the Future with Peggy O'Neill airs every Saturday on 980 CFPL, Curious Cast, and where you get your podcasts.